if I were walking down the dark street and I saw Mike Pence uh, walking on the side of the street with me, I would clutch my pearls, I would hold my purse, and I would walk across the other side of the street because I'd be, I'd be afraid for my life. What an animal. Brunch, hit it, boys! With the old and with the new on a dang Friday, we're done with New Girl. We got some new fun music coming. Pete, let's talk about those topics. Okay, let's do it. Uh, Churches comes out today, technically. Yes, we were going to stay up and listen to it, but we, we the stuff so far has just been so ugh, that I, I we, we just stay up and then we'd be tired and then we'd have a bad episode and we'd be like, this, this kind of stunk and no. And... It's weird because I don't know if we've we've definitely discussed this off the podcast. I don't know if we've done it on the podcast, but like bands that I absolutely love and are completely enamored with, mm-hmm. uh, they basically all seem to be wading into "Hey, I'm worried about you" territory. Houndmouth for sure. Houndmouth for sure. But Houndmouth, but Houndmouth is like steering into it. Uh, yeah, Houndmouth but, is like doing a Father John Misty thing yeah. where they're off the rails and totally celebrating it. Yeah, they're definitely like midlife crisising right now, yep. and they're fully into it, which good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that they get back to the old Houndmouth. It's better to do that than to be uncertain. That's true. Uh, it's you know it, that's a good rule of life in any situation. Just my number yourself, one rule of life: steer confidence. into the skid. Yeah, just whatever you're whatever you're feeling. New you can listeners, pretty much get away with if anything. It's a good thing you're, if you're doing. Confident about if it. you're feeling not great about what you're doing, if you're eating too much fatty stuff, eat all the fucking fatty stuff. Eventually, you'll be sick of the fatty stuff, and then you'll start doing eating the, the good stuff. By the way, we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Church's uh, Love is Dead. Mm-hmm. They've, what, three or four songs from the from the album? Uh, My Enemy, Get Out, and uh, Never Say Die. Yeah, and you we each like one song. Yeah, I think that different, different I think ones. that my enemy is okay. I think that never say die is bad. Yeah. I think that get out is. You think like, that get out's the worst? It's unbelievably bad. I think. Man, yeah. that's we are on very different. I think it's like I there. honestly think it's the worst church's song. Wow, no it's, way! Absolutely it's on not. a that's two a song Mount take. Rushmore with Bury It. That is oh man, that is such a bad take. Uh, I like Bury It, and I. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like um, Get Out. Well, like, of course you like Get Out. You like fucking Bury It. You got a pretty low bar. <laughs> but uh, but Bury, I mean, but Get Out is uh, is the best of the bunch, but not even close to being elite. Get or Out is not embarrassing. Even... It's like the chorus is just like, isn't the chorus Get Out, Get Out, Get Out, Get Out of Here? Yeah. Ugh. Well, the uh, the Deuce other chills. the other one is uh, like the other chorus is uh, what is it? Never say die. Yeah, it's like that like song never. Either. Yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> so like there but like I don't need a church's song to have a great great lyrics or whatever. I need it to be a I good just, song. I just want it to be fun. Yeah. And get out is the funnest of the bunch. Oh man, it makes me want to get out of the discotheque that's playing the song <laughs> because it's not a very good song. So yeah, I'm worried. Yeah, no, I'm them. for sure worried about them. And I was excited uh because uh this is produced by Greg Kirsten, who uh, has done a lot of Adele stuff. That's kind of his calling card. He produced the last Foo Fighters album, and I was like, ooh, that's exciting. And the last Foo Fighters album wasn't very good, and I was like, wait a second. Adele's stuff is just good, not great. Mm-hmm. That Foo Fighters album was just good, not great. Why did I think Greg Kirsten is this fucking hit maker? 
And then all these songs came out, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't very good. <laughs> well, do, do you know who did uh, who did Church's last album? Because every Open Eye was like my favorite no, album in the I think past they, three years. I think their first two were self-produced. Well, because Martin, they should have done that. Who's, uh, who, who's, the, who's the old guy? Martin's the kid. Uh, then... Ian, yeah, or? Ian. Ian was is like an actual record producer. Okay, so I think that uh, I think that they both those albums were self produced. I could be wrong. Well, they should have kept doing that because fucking uh, the bones of what you believe and Every oh, yeah. Open Eye were both great. Yeah, those are both ten out of ten. But I'm more excited. I'm honestly more excited about Pusha T. Oh, really? Which I mean, just I shows where Pusha I stand T. with churches. I've gotten yeah. more enjoyment overall out of churches than I've gotten out of Pusha T. But Pusha T hasn't worried me the way that churches has worried me. So, uh, a fun story about Pusha T. Uh, like last week, I think it was uh, my buddy Dan Carson, who I worked with at Fox Sports. He tweeted out a video, and it was of uh, a clips video, and I watched it, and that was my first time finding out that Pusha T was in clips. And hadn't I just made a clips reference like yeah, the day before? Th- yeah, like on that podcast. It yeah. was like a, a, on a podcast a week ago. That's one of those things. It, when it rains, it's like when you've heard a word, when someone says a word you've never heard before, you're like, huh, I've never heard that word. And then the next day you hear it 3,000 yeah. times. Yeah. So like I immediately texted. It was this, this was literally after we finished recording the podcast. Yeah. And like t- 10 minutes later, I texted you and I was like, holy shit. Push a T in clips. Now I get that reference that you just made. <laughs> yeah, did you? I can't remember it. Did you just like not react when I said it? Yeah, or were no, you like, I just oh, didn't. cool. Yeah, yeah. I, basically that. Um, but yeah, that's wild because I used to listen to clips and, and it, I didn't fucking think that that was uh, that that was Push D. It was like the same uh, same situation with uh, Jeezy and whatever thing that he was in. I don't think I know what that is. Really? I don't totally know the Jeezys and Young Jeezys and stuff. Young Jeezy. Yeah. He I don't... was in uh he was in like a a group before Boys in the Hood. Ah. That group. I more know the song than the uh group. But that's pretty cool. Fun music stuff. Uh we also finished uh New Girl. We finally finished it. And what the the last season ended like a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, the finale just, just yeah, a couple so weeks ago. We binged the uh, we binged the seventh season, and then had Lamorne Morris on to talk about that and a million other things. Unbelievable interview that's coming up in a little bit. Uh, what did you think of the seventh season of New Girl? Uh, I thought it got off to a to a rocky start. Um, Maybe the worst start. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't good towards the beginning, the first couple episodes, but towards the middle, I was. Uh, I was surprised at how good it got. Yeah, I, I was like fully back in in the middle of the. I the season. fell asleep during the first episode, which is uh, it catch it speeds up three years, right? Yeah. Um, I fell asleep during that episode, and I remembered not enjoying it as I was watching it. So I was like, I'm just gonna move on to the second episode and not rewatch that. And the second episode, I was like, Yeah, this is pretty good. And by the third, fourth episode, I was like. Yeah, this is this is. It was very like good. hitting. It was like uh, basically in, in its new girl stride. Yeah, and towards the middle of the season, I think I wasn't crazy about the way that it ended. Yeah, in terms of the way that they wrapped things up, but it it was fine. And yeah. and you know, overall, that is uh, a really really good show. Yeah, that I think flew under the radar for a while. It. I mean, it had its good seasons and its bad seasons. I would consider that one of its good seasons. Really? And not just because yeah. I got like the sentimental feels or whatever, and I really did. I like, as that show was towards the end, I was like, "Fuck, man!" Because I was, uh, I as you know, I I'm not as much anymore. 
just because I, I don't know, like, what she and him's up to or whatever. But I was a Zoe Deschanel stan. Yeah. I love Zoe Deschanel. Love Hot 500 Days of Summer, obviously. Love she and him. Just everything. Think she's great. Think she's just a real throwback classic. And I watched that first episode when it aired. And I was like, might be looking at a short run, but that's okay. Like, I got the same feeling that I felt when I watched the first episode of Mulaney. And in the second episode... One of the main characters is gone. They brought in a new one. And I'm like, okay. And I remember thinking the second episode was actually good. And I was like, wait a second. This might have some legs. And it might, like, within the first three, four episodes, I was like, this show, yeah. This this is like a fun little thing. It's not going to last. And they, I mean, that happens with every show. But the thing is, normally people don't start watching shows until they've been recommended it. Yeah. So, like... After it's hit its stride, someone's like, oh, you got to check this out. And you're like, fine. You, you watch through the first four or five bad episodes, and then it gets good. In the beginning, I was like, I don't know if this show has a, a full season in it. And it got, by the end of the first season, I was so fucking excited. And what was it, like the third season, it kind of dipped, right? Something like that. Yeah. Once they got Nick and Jess together the first time, it kind of lost itself. But overall, and it was similar to Walking Dead. I'd watch it. I'd go away from it for a little while. I'd come back to it, and well, overall, it's, the best bi- it's a great binge show. Yes, like because it is. It is. Uh, it's just like a uh, a hangout comedy. Yeah, and or a hangout sitcom, and uh, th- that's like the best thing to binge watch because you don't have to like totally devote yourself. 1, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I did. I did like a, a few of like the subtle things that they did at the end, and I do like the like the final twist. Yeah, I thought that was great. Is that it's can yeah whatever that it's uh that it's a Winston prank. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he has uh he has the last he has the last word. Yeah, and now he has the last word on this podcast. Yeah, he was great with us. Like so. He did a thing this week with uh, LeBron's company, Uninterrupted, which is a kind of problematic media thing for players that exists. Uh, But he did one as a make-believe player, and it was funny. It had one of my favorite quotes ever. I tweeted the quote this week. Uh, My favorite basketball moment was when Ron Artest punched that motherfucker in the face. It's great stuff. So we hit on that with him. We went all over the place. He was awesome. One of our best guests ever. I really think that, that this is our best interview ever. Yeah, and not that he's necessarily better than people that we've had on. He happens to be, but <laughs> not that he necessarily is. Uh, so here he is. Lamorne Morris, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is this is kind of a get for us, we'll be honest. So, uh, yeah, and we, we get gets. Actually, uh, we should say, at the end of this, we're going to give you an opportunity. Uh, two of our guests, Lena Waithe and Randy Havens, have both requested to be friends with us, and they've actually hung out on the line and given us their personal information, and we're now on group text with both. So if you play your cards right, yeah, just so, just saying. Um, you, I got you. Awesome. Uh, off to a good start. Uh, you did a video for Uninterrupted, LeBron's company. Uh, to those who didn't see it, it was uh, Lawrence Moses Bryant, a very bad, very loud basketball player from Akron who claims to be a legend for crossing up LeBron. Um, I know that, that guy yeah. couldn't actually ever cross up LeBron, but uh, which Cavaliers do you think he could cross up? Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'll, okay. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> To be fair, I will say none of them, the way they played recently, 
Dude, just say George Hill. Movie. Just say George Hill. We're all thinking well, it. Well, I mean, maybe George Hill before the before you know, his knee issues. And, you know, but he's had, he had some breakout games. He had some breakout mm. games. And, and I was going to say Kyle Corver, but the way he beat up Jalen Brown recently, you know, maybe not even 37-year-old Kyle Corver. I was going to say, dude, ever but, since Kyle Corver turned 56, he has been a, he's yeah. been a new man. <laughs> his midlife crisis oh is God. getting good at defense. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> 100%. Now, if we're talking Pacers, if we're talking Cavs versus Pacers, that roster, I would say they could cross over everybody. Everybody. Even, you know, not LeBron, because LeBron, you know, balled his ass off. But mm. I, I'm going to go, everyone could have got it from, from, from Larry Moses Bryant, 33 of the age. You know what? Anybody could have got it. That was, that was one of my notes. That was one of the best parts that as you're, do, as you're like, announcing yourself, <laughs> you said 33 <laughs> in the age. I'm going to steal the <laughs> fuck out of that once I turn 33 if Trump doesn't get us all killed before then. Um, oh, what? But, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, but you are you're from uh, Chicago? From Chicago. Yeah, yeah so from Chicago. Between and... doing this thing with uh, LeBron's company, being from Chicago, obvious question, who do you find the greatest of all time between LeBron and Laurie Markkinen? And... and, and... <laughs> <laughs> two for two on the laughs. <laughs> Do for two on the last. Uh, you man. know what? I think, I think marketing. I think marketing, and I truly mean this. He's so good, and he looks so. I'm not just saying it because I'm from Chicago. I think once he turns it, because he already has a man's body. Yes. And, you know, once yeah. he, once mentally he turns into a man, I think he could be, you know, a, a top three player in this league. Like he's that good. He's super ridic- strong. He can shoot. Ridiculous. The funny part was that uh, before, I remember before the draft, people were like, uh, ooh, the Knicks uh, might be willing to trade uh, Porzingis because they really want to take Laurie Markkinen. And because I don't think people thought that Markkinen would go necessarily that high, and they still wouldn't have been able to take him because the Bulls took him earlier, which is just a hilariously Knicks thing. At the time, yeah, uh, him up. At the time we're recording this, the Celtics-Cavs uh, series is tied 2-2. Two to two. Uh, who yeah. do you think comes out on top in there? Cavs. Oh. You know, so yeah. does, not to do the sports thing, but like you know, you're talking to a couple of Bostonians here. <laughs> hey, uh, whatever the fuck. My girlfriend's in Boston say. right now. <laughs> yeah, she's in Boston right now with wearing a Larry Bird jersey with her dad, and I'm still pissed off about that. Uh, we are a big Stranger. New Girl fans, obviously. Uh, we want to ask you a little bit about that. You guys just finished uh, an eight-year run, which is super impressive. Uh, did you, Man, did you seven, think when you yeah, started? Seven, seven years. Yeah, did you think when you started that it would last that long? Wow. You, you know what? I, I, I kind of did. In a way, you know, I kind of did. I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, Zoe Deschanel was coming right off of, you know, some bunch of dope stuff, you know, yeah. like 500 Days of Summer, and she was like, is a huge star. She and him, that was like kind of their heyday too. Oh yeah, she was a, just a oh, star. 100%. Yeah, she was, she had star star power. Like it was one of those weird things where I thought, holy shit, she's doing a TV show, and I'm about to audition for it. You know, I had 15 auditions for the show, but once I got on the show, it, it kind of, you know, kind of hit me that this cast is great. You know, auditioning with everybody, meeting everybody, getting to hang out with everybody. I knew it would it would have some legs. I knew it would have some longevity. You know, going a full run of, of, of seven seasons, I'm not 100% sure I, I, I knew it was going to go that far, but I'm not surprised at all. Not at all. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. We dope. We dope. <laughs> we, we so dope. 
so dope, man. The best cast in, in television history. Uh, um, I, and that, that's not what I'm saying. That's what the world is saying. You mean, I you know. That, you just, they the argue. world, blame that on the world. I, I heard it. I would say, like, it's pretty impressive that you're willing to, to acknowledge it. It's, it's, what, it's what's yeah. on everyone's mind. Um, yeah, everyone's thinking it. Yeah. Um, was there a moment for you, and I certainly got it, I'll say right now it was when you and Schmidt were roasting uh, Nick and Jess. Was there a moment for you in that last season where you were like, oh, shit, like, we're doing some of this stuff for the last time? Because that scene was just, like, vintage, like, Vintage both of you. Vintage Winston, certainly vintage Schmidt, just being so tone deaf and not being able to read the room. And I was like, fuck, this might be the last time that th- these two pull a shenanigan like this. Man, it, you know, it, it, I would, the, last, the whole last season was like that. The whole, every, every bit, even, even off of camera, you know, going to hang out in the trailers, watching Jake and Max. Jake and Max, they play, you know, Madden. Every like we could have ten minutes a ten minute break while they're while they're changing the lights around. People still they're play in Madden. the trailer yeah. playing. Yeah, I mean they play it. They're obsessed with it. Um, what else I'm do they do for two thousand three? <laughs> <laughs> have they seen the friends uh, finale? Yet, hand or? Or? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean that they. Well, one Jake is old. His brain is still set in two thousand and three. Uh, we call him Old Man Johnson for a reason. Uh, real story: He doesn't know how to use an iPhone, and that's not a joke. That's um, so fitting. Uh, yeah. Old Man Johnson. So, not not an ideal yeah. nickname yeah. out of context. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you know, yeah, it's one of those weird. Uh, it's one of those weird things where every step of the way, everything that we did, it reminded me. I, I bringing it back to sports. Bob Costas, I remember Michael Jordan's last season, uh, well, you know, 98 season when he, when, he, when he won against Utah. Every time Michael Jordan dribbled the basketball or take a, took a shot, he would go, this could be the last <laughs> shot we ever – this could be the last time we see Michael Jordan sit on the bench. This could be the last – it was everything. You know, so every, so every step of the way for the last season felt like that. I felt like Bob Costas was narrating – uh, <laughs> our days on set, um, and it was it was fun. It was fun, and and, and as soon as we, as soon as we wrapped, we all kind of had a, a big exhale moment and a realization. It's like, man, like our lives are gonna suck after this. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> we we talk about New Girl a lot. We obviously watched the whole run, and Winston, I think, is both of our favorite characters, and he's kind. Of, I think that he's nice. commonly someone's favorite character, and this is not meant as a slight at all. But, I mean, the way I see it, like you said, Zoe Deschanel, rock star out of the gate. Uh, People saw Schmidt's character and they were like, what the fuck is this douchebag that has never existed before? (laughs) I I think that everyone likes Winston because he kind of, I don't want to say had the, the, the deck stacked against him or whatever, but... He was he definitely had the most room to develop and I think that it was he was one of the more rewarding parts of that show to watch where he goes from like this is about these two crazy people to this is a cast that just is fucking insane. Did you feel that way? Was there ever like a sense of even between you and, and Jake of like what's gonna happen with these two characters? Yeah, yeah. I mean when I first got on the show, I was a replacement. You know, I, <laughs> I, I came in on the second episode. So yeah. the writers hadn't prepared for me. They didn't, you know, they knew they wanted me on the show, but they didn't know, the, they, they hadn't developed the character. So we had to develop the character as we were filming real episodes. So 
a lot of times my character was just there hanging out in the background, you know, making the stereotypical remarks of, man, these white people crazy, you know, stuff like that. It was like, let's go to, let's go to the go-to uh, black dude response. And so and it was my first television show. So I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Let's go to the go-to black dude response. And, uh, and then they did the one- very thing, the very common thing to do with the black character is, okay, now let's give him a cat. <laughs> Yes, 100%. Every show with a black character, he has a cat. Yes. And I'm tired of it. Like, I'm tired of it. Right to the networks. We got to stop this. Uh, I'm taking a knee next time somebody uh, has a cat. Uh, <laughs> Did you see the new NFL uh, rules, by the way? That, uh, like... Jesus. And they're going to find they're gonna find players for if you come on the field and, and take a knee. But well, you can, I think... was it stay, stay in the locker room and We're, you won't be fine? Well, they really they, squash they, that issue. Yes. They're just inching their way towards uh, – you're allowed to protest, but we have a little room. It's not. We swear to God, it's not solitary confinement. But if if you guys yes. want to protest, <laughs> you just come in this room for a little bit. We call it the hole. Right. It's fine. Right. <laughs> there won't be a key to this room. Yeah. Um, but if for sixteen packs of smokes, you can exactly. also get out. You know, for a month. It's, yeah, it's so just strange. Just scream so, or it's... die if you need to get out, and we promise we'll come get you. <laughs> exactly. And oh, it's such a. You know what? I, I, gosh, you know this transcends football because I don't watch a lot of I don't watch a lot of football. But this this is the most I've paid attention to football because of this issue. Um, it's so it's so strange to me. It's so strange to me that I was watching actually watching Michael Rappaport talk about this today on Instagram. Uh, you know how he was saying Off if to the a issues or anything start. else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael Rappaport uh, is the most insane person uh, based off of his hate his hate for LeBron. He, um, but, you know, he's just talking about, he's just talking about how if the issues were any different, you know, then would we be, would this be a situation if we were taking a knee for, to end homelessness, if we were taking a knee to, you know, uh, for gun control, uh, would we have this issue? But because it's not, you know, because it's about, you know, social racial justice, then the NFL is like, you know, putting the, kind of squashing it in, in, in the, you don't have to be, you know, you just have, you just have to you just have to be a human being to understand that this is weird. It's yeah. wrong. Yeah. You know. What upsets yeah. me the most is, like, you turn on CNN or whatever, and you have, like, Doug Baldwin, uh, Richard Sherman, just, like, clearly, like, intelligent people who are explaining, dumbing it down as much as they possibly can. Like, we are not yeah. protesting the anthem or the flag. Uh, like uh, Brandon Cooks uh, explained, like his ties to the military, how his father was in the service, all these things of like we would never dare. Like we're not saying we don't like the flag. We're not saying we don't like the the country, the anthem, or whatever. This is what we're doing. This is what a peaceful protest is. And then the NFL comes out today, and it's like, and if you do protest the flag or the anthem, blah blah. It's like, yeah, they just say anyway. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they don't care. As long as you keep, as long as you you keep pushing the narrative that we're we're protesting the one thing that all Americans can agree don't do, then you know, then the people stay on the negative and side. People of shit on songs all the time. What the fuck do you think music critics are? Yeah, and it, and like yeah. people always say, like stick to sports or like uh, shut up and dribble. It, Mike Pence shut up and just, dribble. Yeah. Mike Pence just fucking tweeted a screen a screenshot of an article on CNN saying like with the the news of the NFL thing, and he hashtagged winning. It's like, come <laughs> on. It's fucking ridiculous. Mike Pence has to be the... Like, I know that, that Trump is... Like, 
scary and bad, and obviously a lot of different groups of people for sure find Mike Pence scary because the idea of anyone listening to what he says is horrifying because the guy has the worst morals in the world. But he is like Dude, the biggest were... fucking dweeb in the goddamn world. Yes. Yeah. If I were walking down the dark street and I saw Mike Pence uh, walking on the side of the street with me, I would clutch my pearls, I would hold my purse, and I would walk across the other side of the street because I'd be, I'd be afraid for my life. What an animal. It actually, <laughs> Mike Pence is an animal. It actually, the street wouldn't be that dark because Mike Pence is that white. It would make the street. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty, pretty, yeah, the moon would reflect off his skin. Back in the day, the, the bad guys were like big, menacing people because they physically did you harm. And now that we live in the day and age where like Trump does a lot of his damage on Twitter and stuff, you can be a bad, scary guy and be a blob like, like, look, Donald like Trump. look like Mike Pence. Oh, oh yeah, this is, it's Revenge of the Nerds, uh, the sequel. It's, it's like the, the, the sequel where the tables have turned. Now the jocks, the jocks are, <laughs> are the ones That's that are true. the dorks. And the, yeah, it is. Yeah. Revenge of the Nerds Part 2, they're racist. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. All the nerds are racist. They're back, and boy, do they not like transgender yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have gotten way off track. Um, this is yeah, track. It's it's great. Great. This is off track. Yes, this right? is, I mean, these were word for word the questions we had prepared. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the fact that they kind of uh, developed Winston on the fly. Uh, and yes. I'm not blowing smoke when I say that Winston was my favorite character in New Girl. But it did take a while for them to feel like they found a groove with Winston. At what point did you yeah. like, really find that like you were settling into the character? Well, there was a note that I hated that Jake Caston gave me once, our executive producer and directed a bunch of episodes and one of the creators. He, he gave me a note, and I hated it because I felt so offended that he gave me the note. But then when he gave me the note, what I, I knew what he... I ultimately, I ultimately figured out what he was trying to say. So we were doing an episode where I'm drinking these girly drinks and Nick is a bartender. And I'm like, oh, I love when you make me these drinks, you know. And I have a line where I said, look at me being so naughty. And I'm making all these faces and doing all these weird dances. I remember Jake Kazan screaming out, more girly. And I was like, what? And he goes, more girly. And I think he had given me like two other notes prior to not say the word more girly. And I just wasn't getting it. And then once he found, I was like, more girly, you know, just kind of, you know, do a, do, do, do a stereotype of what a woman would be doing in right. this moment, like a drunk woman. And, it, and I, I was like, oh, okay. And I was kind of pissed. I was like, why are you screaming this at me in a room full of people? And I was like, this is going to be such a bad thing. It's going to be so awful. I'm going to embarrass myself. And I did it. And it was funny. And I thought it was funny. And I thought, oh, I see. Okay. Now I know what direction to go into. I was... I was a little uptight, you know, when we started the show because I, I, I wanted to keep my job and I wanted to be a good actor and all these things. But then once I realized, just get loose and do what you like to do and then let the director sculpt it and the post-production fix it. And you know what I mean? And just yeah. have fun. Well, the, the thing was, like, the, the characters yeah. were so ridiculous that yeah. if you're trying to be a good actor, I imagine that actually – might be challenging. I remember, like, the first season I was watching the show with my friends, and one of them said, this is the most unrealistic show in the world, because that girl would <laughs> not still be alive. She would have died by now. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. She's the type of person that would chase a butterfly into a, a volcano. I mean, she moved like, into she, a loft with four guys. Three guys. 100%. She was, <laughs> like, yes, 100%. That was the first mistake. Because uh, in real life, dead. 
<laughs> right. I, well, they, they, yeah. they have a rule yeah. in, in certain places. Like, I know some schools, you can't have, uh, like, a triple of uh, girls in a dorm or whatever because it's technically a brothel or something like that. There should yeah, be a rule. That's what my girlfriend's going to, yeah. Oh, really? She went in college. When she was in college, they called her, um, her apartment a brothel. There five girls wow. in Who's they? Was it, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, as, who is as, as long as they wasn't the frat boys, then no, you guys... No, it was the guys who were safe. paying for sex. It was the guys who were going in and paying for sex. <laughs> they, they called it a brothel. When they typed it into Google <laughs> Maps, they typed in brothel. That's yeah, just the, add on, the add on Craigslist said brothel. Yes, they, the, <laughs> yeah. the women themselves. What kind of question is that? Yeah. <laughs> Weird question, bro. Uh, <laughs> um, um, yeah, so anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so like the, the character development obviously took off, and then at some point, so did, uh, so did the fashion. Like At one point, they just decided to make Winston an absolute fashion icon. Uh, I want to know, yeah. how much did, did your decision-making play into that? Because it was well, very different just, early on. Let me just say. Well, let me just say, it's not just Winston's a fashion icon. Lamorne is a fashion icon. We also have heard um, that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, everyone's talking about it. I can't walk down the street without someone like showing me their style. You know, I'm in Queens. I gotta be the flyest dude in Queens. Mm. When I'm in Brooklyn, I'm the flyest dude in Brooklyn. I gotta outdress an entire borough. It's really difficult, <laughs> but. I do it. I get it done. And um, new girl, they service. just follow suit. You know what I mean? They follow suit. And they put me in these really cool bird shirts. Um, initially, I thought, what the fuck are they thinking? This is ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, and again, it was one of those things where you just trust the process. You trust the people that are that are in charge you know, of the show, Liz Merriweather. And and she was on to something. Liz Merriweather with Deborah McGuire, our, our costumer, um, had this idea and uh and it worked out it definitely worked out because i was annoyed at first i was like why am i why am i the weirdest dressed person on television and then i would walk down the street and i would see people wearing like printed shirts and they would go dude i'm you and people would like post i I mean the amount of people that post photos and tag me in them when they're wearing bird shirts or animal printed shirts it's it's ridiculous I, i get i get more tweets about I get more bird shirt tweets than I get nudes in my DMs. Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> to a be, lot. To Trump's be fair, nude, though, for sure. If, if, depending on where it is, like if it is in New York or something, someone just running up to you and screaming, dude, I'm you, isn't necessarily a fashion <laughs> thing. It's just, you're just <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, it's con- just how people are in New York. <laughs> congratulations for trusting the process and not getting blown out by the Celtics. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Couple gosh. of Boston guys. Oh, oh we took oh, that turn. Gosh. You gotta be quick with us. We're from Boston. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield is from Boston. Rodney Dangerfield from Boston. I get no respect. All my players are injured. No respect. Oh, I got, um, I got, I get no first place votes for my coach. Uh. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I was like, I don't think there's a person alive who hasn't been on the news saying. This is the best coach in the league. That's right. I've been hearing it and I've been seeing it. The fact that there is no Gordon Hayward, no Kyrie Irving, you know, Larkin's out, all these different people that that are really good, that are, you know, that that account for a ton of points, uh, you know, uh, a ton of just overall playmaking. Those are two playmakers for sure that are not playing and they are tied with LeBron James. Yeah, I'm not going to say the Cavs just yet, but they're tied with LeBron yeah, James. Coach LeBron James, uh, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. we uh, <laughs> we had uh, Chris Gethard on uh, 
couple weeks ago because again this is the quality of guests we pull you're like mm-hmm. we we, we kind of we get stars and uh yeah. we we brought up basketball because we knew he was a fan and that was the first thing that he said he was like oh yeah by the way why didn't brad stevens get any votes yeah. get any first place votes yeah. uh people are yeah. crazy uh what were and you that may, and that's saying something coming from me because i'm not a i'm not a celtics fan i mean i love uh, it's so crazy I but love you're a smart person. historic Celtics players. Yeah, <laughs> I love all the players. I love a big Larry Bird fan. You know, uh, I, I even love it when he was playing there. I love the guys now. I, you know, Jalen um, Jalen Browns. Not, I don't want to say he's the homie, but he once came up <gasps> to me and told me he was a fan of mine. So I'm like, this is amazing. Really? Why? Yeah, but I just hate. I hate. I hate the Celtics. Did you? Did you? <laughs> so- J- Jalen Brown fascinates me because he seems like he doesn't waste a second of his time on anything because he's like right. he, he's he's also really into music he's like mm-hmm. into, he's always giving speeches and things like that and right. I know that there was considered like a big two in that draft and when when they took him third everyone was like oh why they take Jalen Brown like there could not have been more of a guarantee yeah. that that player was going to fucking bust his ass. Like, I guarantee be, he absolutely right. crushed pre-draft interviews. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, obviously yeah. a physical I mean, freak. Jason no, Tatum no. also is bound for the Hall of Fame, so, as we all know. Oh, no, Jason Tatum is, is, again, another one of my favorites. It's like, I like all their players. I truly do. Like, in, in a way that it's upsetting that they have to play against the Cavs because I'm rooting for... I'm rooting for LeBron. I'm rooting for the Cavs, but I want to see these players succeed. You know, yeah. If if LeBron decides to take his talents to L.A. or to Houston next year, you know, next season, wherever he decides to go, you know, I'm gonna like the Celtics in the in the East. You know, um, just as I like all those players. That is the that's the most heartwarming thing I've ever heard. Uh, speaking of legends, uh, <laughs> what were you guys allowed to do with Prince on set? Like when Prince was there. Was there any like Prince rules? I could see there being Prince yeah. rules. Yeah, we had a rule: bottoms no top. You know what I mean? Uh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, there was there, there, there was a, there were a bunch of rules that I don't think he implemented. I think everyone was scared. So what they did was they, you know, it's like don't no cell phones on set when you when you're there. And I was like, I'm a grown ass man. This is my show. What do you mean no cell phones? They're like, does Prince, Prince know who Prince I am? Know, yeah, like tell him to look me up, man. Google me, man. Google. Uh, and so he, you know, that that was one rule. Another rule was he doesn't he doesn't like direct eye contact. What I thought, yes, and I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. And he shows up to set, and he shows up to set, and he was he had an entourage of like thirty people with him, all dressed like Captain Crunch. They all had like zippers <laughs> and shiny shoes on, and buttons and you know tassels I, I never seen so many tassels in my life um i've seen less tassels at a graduation but oh. and so you know it oh, well, more as a comedic uh, background to our new listeners <laughs> less tassels at a brothel yeah <laughs> and so and so he showed up and he couldn't have been the nicest he couldn't have been more nice like the guy was super like soft-spoken everyone stopped we had about 200 extras on set that day and when he showed up Everyone stopped and just started looking at him. And then he kind of had a moment of, as you were, everyone, as you were. You know, he was wearing, he was wearing uh, high heels with, uh, with, with like, light, multicolored lights inside of him. Uh, real story. Oh, yeah, like, like, like British Knights, but, like, <laughs> or L.A. Gears. What do you call it? L.A. Gears with the lights in them? He had, like, L.A. Gears, but, like, high heel form. 
and he had like a, a diamond encrusted cane that he walked with. Um, and it was weird. It was really, really weird because he was whispering everything. And if you couldn't hear him, he wasn't going to raise his voice. You just had to come closer to his face <laughs> while he spoke. And so all these people are gathered around him and he wasn't really saying shit. <laughs> like, it was like, <laughs> oh, it's like, everybody gather around. This person's going to like tell a tale. And he's just like, I love your show. <laughs> I guess. I was like, I was like yeah, it was so weird. But he was the coolest person. Without him even saying that much, you, you're, I'm truly. You were see, pregnant. Eating. Well, the reason that nobody can look him oh, in the 100%. eye is because if you lock eyes with Prince, you just automatically melt. Yeah. It's like Medusa. Yeah. Oh, 100%. You, you melt. The only thing that's I mean, left is, uh, is pregnancy. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone goes gay. Everyone goes gay for Prince. <laughs> I, uh. But it actually kind of makes sense, like, because he was the like one of the most sexual people to to ever live. That he speaks so yeah. quietly that you have no choice but to get really close to his face. Just like the way right. he operates forces you to get closer to sex with him. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Not again. Not not interested in men whatsoever. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I got a little bit moist. Maybe. Uh, so maybe I got a little damp. So we loved game night. Uh, you were great mm-hmm. in that. Had a great cast that uh, full of people that we love. Packed. Uh, one of the one of your co cast members or uh, was Kyle Chandler, and we yep. have had discussions about Kyle Chandler on this show before, mm-hmm. and we came to the conclusion that we thought that he always looks sweaty in every role that he's ever played. Fairly sweaty guy. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> but then we went. We, then we went and we googled pictures of him. He doesn't look that sweaty. Less sweaty than we thought. So can you confirm the rumors? Charles, Kyle Chandler, how sweaty is that guy? Yeah, well, what was the buzz on set? <laughs> um, well, I will say this. Uh, every day on set before we start a new day, we do a safety meeting. And we talk about the wires that are on the ground. The People slipping on Kyle Chandler's sweat. Got it. <laughs> exactly. So one of the things we talked about was how sweaty was he going to be that day and to be safe. And um, never sweaty. I'll be honest with you. I make up hair, makeup team did a great job of powdering his face. Um, a lot of hard work. Uh, both teams played hard, but ultimately uh, he was dry. I'm gonna, he was dry. I'm going to swing for the fences here. I feel like you kind of know what we're talking about, though. <laughs> like, do, 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 don't you, when you think of Kyle Chandler playing a character, well, because, don't don't you see a little like like lace? Listen on him. Well, look, it's because of this. It's because of this. He's he. So, have you seen Bloodline? He's in Bloodline. Oh yes, yes that is a, his sweatiest performance yet. Yeah. Swampy ass Florida, you know what I mean? And he's got that southern accent when nobody else did, which is very strange. I was like, How are y'all family? And you're <laughs> you're still speaking this way. Um, and and it's like when you see when you see southern people in movies in their environment, the south usually hotter than the north, that's what happens. They're sweaty on camera. You know, when you're showing real life, the grit, what's going down in a resort town in Florida. It, people are sweaty, man. And Kyle Chandler is our guy. You know, uh, Friday Night Lights. Was that Texas? Oh yeah, hot, sweating a lot. He's a coach. No water sweaty. breaks. That's for the week. No water breaks at all. Exactly. Sweaty, sweaty. You know, game night, running for his life. Sweaty. Yeah. Um. What else? You know, all those other movies. Sweaty. Yeah. Hard copy. Was he on Hard Copy? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what he was like in? Yeah, did you see the spectacular now? If you haven't, I recommend it. It's a nice little like uh, coming of age high school story. And he the Miles, played... is that Miles Teller? Yes. Yeah. You mm. see that? 
Haven't seen it. Nope. Okay. Haven't you got it. that was you should have <laughs> acted like to. you hadn't heard of the movie. You got us. We were gonna go on a forty fucking minute Shailene Woodley discussion. It was gonna be the best. Uh, but yeah, he he plays a guy who just sits around at the bar and he's he's got a he little bit of sweat it. going there. Yeah, yeah. He's so confirmed. What a sweaty guy. Love him though. Um, yeah, for sure, sweaty. Would uh. Would you actually be mad if you found out that your significant other hooked up with Denzel Washington? Because that was a thing with your character, and I was like, this is unrealistic. You'd be proud. No, I wouldn't be. I mean, listen. I'd be thrilled, be Lamorne. I would make my life. so excited. Elite Let company. Let me smell your finger, baby. No. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, look, here's the thing. If I lived in the Midwest, you know, and I was just, a guy, you know, just working a regular job, having a good life, just in the Midwest, no celebrity sightings or encounters whatsoever. And my, and my, you know, and my significant other told me, hey, just so you know, a few years back when we took that break, you know, I slept with Denzel Washington. I might have some questions, maybe a tiny bit of jealousy, but you're right. I, 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 w- I would be pretty excited at the fact that, you know, once she met Denzel Washington and then two, let him inside of her, that would be fantastic. But I'm, I live in L.A., I live in Hollywood. You can see Denzel Washington Ooh. over at the damn uh, GNC buying vitamins. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, I don't, he's too accessible. He's too accessible. <laughs> then I'm just the like, problem no. is, when you're on the same level as Denzel Washington, it's just commonplace. Yeah. So who is yeah, on at the top I mean, of your mountain where you, like, wouldn't be mad? You have to be a deceased Jesus. person. Yeah. Jesus. 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 Okay. Or Martin Luther King Jr. All right. Martin Luther King would be a good <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Well, the King Jr. You know what I mean. I have a dream that I'm laying that pipe to your wife. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would 100% be excited about that. I mean, well, all that freedom inside of her. Well, well, check this out. This is one of my dreams. Um, we had a discussion early on the podcast run. We were saying if you could go on a date with anybody, who would it be? And my pick was John Hamm because John Hamm <clears throat> isn't gay, and if people saw John Hamm on a date with me, they'd say. First off, didn't even John Hamm is now seeing guys, and who must this guy be that he's seeing? And I feel like that would really boost your clout. So I feel like there's a similar thing there where if you're significant ah. sleeps with Denzel, you're on this list with Denzel. That's pretty. That's that's kind of big time. Well, yeah, again, but in a way, I'm on a list with Denzel, and, and if, with Denzel, clearly he's a he's a better lover than I am. Denzel Washington's a much better lover than I am. Let's be honest. He's been you loving that for a fact. Yeah. He's been loving since the eighties. That's true, but he could have stunk at it, and because he's Denzel and he's so charming, nobody ever told him that he's bad. I think that's what's great about being a kind of average dopey guy. You actually have to work towards things. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You know, I put I put that effort in. Pete and I, I have been humbled a many a time. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> by one another. <laughs> yeah, I lay it down with with, with uh, deep, deep, uh, deep, uh, harsh memories of my high school years. So when I when I, when I go full at it with my lady, man, I'm bringing I'm bringing all that full force with me. That's your ten thousand hours. That that's yes. your ten thousand yes. hours talking. Yeah. She was also in a brothel, so you have high standards yeah. to live up to. That's actually true. Oh well, yeah, one hundred percent. She had many suitors, many suitors. <laughs> um, let's just be clear. 
girlfriend definitely not a not a hooker <laughs> just want to put that out there right now definitely not a hooker uh that may that part may this is run long might have to edit might that, have to that, that part out. out actually unfortunately uh we, we could maybe send out a tweet or something and say that, that they're maybe like a lost episodes type of thing um, point font yeah <laughs> disclaimer uh we another one of our guests again we do them uh, was Chris Witoski, and he was on an oh, improv yeah. team with you. And uh, I asked him, "What should we? What should we ask Lamorne?" And mm-hmm. he had a very short, very vague question. So I'm excited to ask this. Uh, or no, it wasn't even a question. He said, "Ask him about the roller coaster game show." So Lamorne, oh Jesus, uh, what what was the roller coaster <laughs> game show? What a piece of shit. Okay. That's so, what we said when we had him on. Didn't like him. Bad guy. He hasn't been back. Yeah. Yeah. What a So Chris, okay, so I had this game show. I was broke, all right, and I needed the money. And I'm not ashamed of it because it actually was a pretty fun show. It, it was on Cartoon Network and it was called Brain Rush. It's where it's like cash cap it on a roller coaster. <laughs> it's where I'm on the front of this roller coaster and if a kid sits next to me, I say Hey, you sure you want to sit in this seat? And they're like, yeah, why? So I go, because if you do, you're going to be on Brain Rush. And they get super excited, like they really know what the fuck it is. And then they, we ask them questions, like while going up the roller coaster. And then while going down the roller coaster and doing all the, the twists and turns, we ask them more questions and they, about what they just heard, and they have to answer those questions. Or we do multiple choice or trivia you know, and uh, yeah, and they win a bunch of money. Kids were winning money on this. They actually kids were winning more money than I was making while shooting the damn show, <laughs> which is really depressing. That's the that the premise of that game. It legitimately sounds like a sketch that would not necessarily be on SNL, but would be on like the Girly Show on Thirty Rock, where they're intentionally thinking of the most far fetched things. I will say the idea of being on that show. Like my worst case scenario for getting on a roller coaster would be immediately they make it the most unfamiliar, uncomfortable setting you could have ever expected. I would fucking I would right. have a panic attack. Also, the premise of that show I sounds like something you lot. get arrested for. You just sit oh, down 100%. next to a child on a roller coaster and give them money. <laughs> hey kids, uh, you want to talk to me for a little bit while we go up and down this ride? I need some cash. Some cash in your pocket. Uh, and you have to say you no. Have to you don't gotta it, sign this waiver. You have to call it this ride because for some reason a stranger calling saying like, "Hey, let's go on this ride" is way more horrifying than saying, "Hey, let's, <laughs> let's take a trip on this roller coaster." Hey, oh, kid, yeah. we do this, this ride. And you got to do it while sweaty, like Kyle Chandler. <laughs> I mean, it'll really be, excite these children. If it were Kyle Chandler. <laughs> As uh, as Coach Taylor being like, hey, let me tell you something. Can we do? We're gonna, you and me are gonna go on this ride. Understood? That'd be the scariest <laughs> fucking thing in the world. Oh, I've always thought. I've always thought Coach Taylor was molesting those kids. I thought so. Oh, I God. thought so. I mean, Michael Michael B. Jordan. You see how pretty he is, man. Michael like B. Football Jordan. Football coach. Be molesting that dude, man. The- <laughs> Michael B. Jordan being on that show was the great. That was that show was truly the gift that kept on giving because oh, when they dumped their cast, you're like, oh, I, I guess it won't be as good. And you see Michael B. Jordan, and you're like, oh fuck, that current yeah. movie star is yeah. like the next guy. What a show! Did you uh, did oh, you yeah. Photoshop that picture of Michael B. Jordan yourself that you posted on Instagram a couple weeks ago? No, you mean well, Michael B. Jordan photoshopped uh, his own cover. face. <laughs> Yeah, and on what you, they put it out there, he's more famous than I am right now. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, he's a good friend of mine too. A good, good friend of mine. We text every day. But he knows what time it is. I put the work in in the gym. 
I built that body. You know what I mean? I do my part. I do what I have to do. You know what I mean? To push the envelope. You know what I'm saying? And then this son of a bitch wants to go and, and you know, because he, he got a beautiful face. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but, but his body's body. all fucked up after, uh, after Black, uh, Panther. Black Panther. Got all, yeah, uh, after, got all that. Yeah, after Black Panther. You're like, hey, uh, chicken pox Boom. Roasted. Yeah. <laughs> but they do have, like, ribbed condoms. Uh, he has a ribbed body, so... Maybe extra pleasure for her. Maybe that was like a triple magnum he just put over himself. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> Huge oh, laughs. Man. Huge laughs beginning and end with Lamorne Morris. This went a thousand times better than any of our other interviews. And again, our other interviews have yielded us friends. So, th- Lamorne, yeah, yep. this was a dream mm-hmm. come true. Thank you very much for coming on with us. We're going to have you hang on the line. We're going to have our mm-hmm. receptionist uh, exchange information. And this, this yes. was a pleasure. Yes, indeed. I'm very excited. Thank you guys for having me. Um, literally, I have an entire crew over here staring at me going, please, if somebody don't get this dude off the damn phone. <laughs> and they're all judging me right now. And uh, I'm telling them to go fuck themselves. Can I say fuck themselves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. As long yeah. As it's not well, I'm going to tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't want you. you as, long as, you say it in the, as long as you say it in the solitary confinement kneeling room, you can do whatever you want in there. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's totally respected. So... That yeah. would be just fine. Okay, tell you what, we'll talk to you uh, during our friendship. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, you guys. All right, bye, Lamar. Thank you. Have a good one. Pretty unbelievable. Pretty fucking great. We were great. He was great. It was all great. I will say, I don't know if anyone's ever found us funnier than Lamar <laughs> yeah. Morris. I think that's a hundred percent true. That guy, in, that guy, fucking gave poured shots of confidence into my <laughs> mouth. The second that started, we were like, hello, Lamorne. And he was like, you are the funniest. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Uh, and it's worth noting that he did that entire interview while walking the streets of Vancouver mm-hmm. on the way back to set on a project that he's working on right now. And he got back. I would assume that he got back to set in about like 20 minutes and then stayed on the phone like 20 yeah, minutes Yeah, because people were set. calling for him. Yeah, people were like looking at him being like, When's, when the fuck is this guy going to get off the phone? And he was like, I'm talking to my friends. Yes. And the cool thing is, he actually did hang on the line after. Yeah. He actually, we were like, all right, so that'll conclude this interview. Thanks. And then he was like yelling and interacting with people. And we thought, he was like, okay, all right, sounds good. And I thought that he was just saying, all right, sounds good, guys. See you later. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, hold on, not you. Okay, okay, sounds good. Yeah, man, that was dope. We were like, <laughs> yeah. shit, like, you didn't actually have to do this. But he did. He hung on the line. He it talked was, to us, shot the shit. It was sort of like an awkward situation because, like, we didn't have much to do or say yeah, beyond we were like, you that. you don't have to do this. Yeah, and, and you don't want to be the guy hanging up on Lamar and Morris. Yeah, genuinely, he wanted to talk to us. So, so pretty cool thing. Yeah. Uh, one regret I do have, this was recorded on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. If it was recorded on Thursday, I would have asked him, hey, on game night, did Jason Bateman come up to you and <laughs> oh, say, no. like, hey, man, if you ever scream at a woman on set, uh, just I got let you, you know I, I got your back. I got your back. Oh, no, that's a great transition, though, because yeah. we wanted to talk about this. I feel bad even making a joke about that because... That was a good joke, though. So it, it was a good it. joke. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it was a joke that had to be made. But um, if you haven't heard, so Jeffrey Tambor uh, got fired from a transparent, uh, an Amazon show called Transparent. <laughs> a, transparent. a transparent show uh, for uh, uh, one of his coworkers said that uh, he sexually harassed her, said that uh, he even got physical, like bad, bad fucking stuff. So... They fired him off the show. 
Arrested and Development brought him back. Arrested Development brought him back, uh, although he or Jessica Walter, I forget who, and obviously that's pretty important to the story, but uh, it came to light that there was an incident on Arrested Development where he screamed at Jessica Walter, like, bad, and it was, like, fucking rough. So the whole cast, uh, most of the cast, was uh, sat down with the New York Times, and they were asked about it, and Jason Bateman was very blasé about it, really kind of brushing it over, and we'll play the audio now. Jessica Walter is literally fucking crying, and he's like, no, 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 it's not a big deal. Here's the audio. It's a very amorphous process, this this sort of bullshit that we do, you know, making a fake life. It's a weird thing, and it is a breeding ground for... Um, atypical behavior, and certain people have certain processes. But that doesn't mean it's acceptable. And no, the point I, I, is that things are changing, and people need to respect each other differently. I just realized in this conversation that I have to let go of being angry at him. He never crossed the line on our show with any, you know, sexual whatever. Verbally, yes, he harassed me, but I he did apologize. I have to let it go, and I I have to give you a chance. To, to, you know, for us to be friends again. Absolutely. But it, it's, it's hard because, honestly, Jason says this happens all the time. In, like, almost 60 years of working, I've never had anybody yell at me like that on a set. And it's hard to, to deal with it. But I'm, I'm over it now. I just let it go right here for the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't give it up for anybody else. Yeah, so he basically like he was like, well, it's it's Hollywood and all these actors and are eccentric and they have atypical behavior. It's like, yeah, well, where the fuck have you been? Like the last year has been, let's try to maybe fix Hollywood and get this out of it. And like he, so he apologized and he said everything he should have said. But I mean, the bottom line was he sounded really fucking dumb. <laughs> he sounded like a dick. Well, he sounded like a dick. But the biggest thing is. I think that in trying to say to Jeffrey Tambor, I don't see you as a bad guy. You're not a bad guy, which is a thing that a supportive friend would say to a friend. Yeah. He ended up picking a side yeah. in something that like <laughs> did not fucking have sides. One person screamed at a person close to them so badly that when recalling it years later, and by the way, Jeffrey Tambor was in the room in that yeah. audio. You hear him say... That's the craziest part to me because like, you have all these people in the room. There's no need for Jason Bateman to speak in that situation. Yes, totally. But the, again, he's, he's... He was trying to mediate for like no reason and like not even mediate. Well, he helped he with Jeffrey Tambor because yeah. no one's talking about him right now. They're talking about Jason <laughs> That's Bateman. That's true. But yeah, so in doing that, he picked a side over something... Dove on that, the grenade. <laughs> like, so, again, so, this guy screamed at someone so badly... It that brought years a woman later, to tears when she's years recalling later. it, and she's doing it in like the totally. And this sucks when people have to do this when they have to do like the oh no, don't worry about me. Like I'm only mentioning it because you brought it up. Like and I don't like, want to talk I'm about moving it. Everything. On. Like I have to move on. Right. Like we're she's borderline fucking apologizing yeah. for getting fucking blown up there. It's obviously a very difficult thing. You can be supportive of Jeffrey Tambor if you think that he's actually recognized that he's fucked up in a lot of ways. The cynic in me says maybe he's recognized these things because they were brought to light. But it's totally fine to say, dude, you're working on shit. I've got like I'm here for you. If you need anything, that's fine. 
But you don't well, say the yeah. incident is yeah. fine. And so he, and you just say like, yeah, dude, you were a dick. You got to work on that. I'll tell you, he came out of that sounding way better than Jason Bateman sounded. Because he was—he seemed sincere in apologizing, which, again, maybe it's only because he got caught or whatever. But, uh, but Jason Bateman, he... Again, the issue with Jason Bateman is he that he stuck be, his nose in something that, like, he... Or, like, not stuck his nose, but, like, he involved himself where he didn't have to. But, honestly, I'm kind of glad he did because now he's going to get fucking really embarrassed over this. And he kind of needs to because, clearly... As we look at Hollywood and everything that needs to change and, like, toxic masculinity and all that, there are people who really fucking don't get it. And yeah. that is that is exhibit A through well, Z. Well, like, it's enabling. so uh, – Right. Like, that was that, – I listened to that audio twice, and the second time, I was like, this is so fucking uncomfortable. Imagine – you've got a person who doesn't know right from wrong, Jason Bateman. You've got a person who does, Alia Shockett, who cuts in and is like – that was hey, the quickest, like, yeah. hey, shut the fuck yeah, up. Like, you are so off base here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, let the fucking people who know what they're talking about speak. And he was like, oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, but I, I know. But, but. And I thought that was that was kind of funny, just, like, how quickly she chimed in. Because when you're in a situation like that, it's really easy. Because these people work with each other all mm-hmm. the time. I'm assuming that they, like, sort of trust yeah. each other. There's a relationship there. There is, there's usually, like, a. Hey, I'm gonna let him talk and see where this goes. Yeah, because like he he might redeem himself here. Yeah, nope. She was immediately like, shut up. Well, I don't even know if she was necessarily doing it to save his face. I think that honestly, she was sitting there and was like, "What the fuck am I hearing right well, now?" Either way, it yeah, clicked immediately, and she wasn't having that. Yeah, I, so, I enjoyed that. I right. It was funny. So you had a person who didn't know what, right from wrong. You had a person who, thank God, did. And in the middle, you've got this 77-year-old woman crying, and all the while, you've got the guy who doesn't know right from wrong going, but, but, (laughs) so really fucking bad. And he should, like like I said, he should be fucking embarrassed by this. This should be a fucking major stain for him. Well, I mean, it's a major stain for him, and it's a major stain for Arrested Development. They just fucking canceled the rest of their UK press tour. Because like they can't put in the Jason days Bateman leading in up in front of a fucking <laughs> yeah. microphone anymore. In the days leading up to the new season of Arrested Development, they're just like, yeah, nope, I'll no more you, press. Well, you tell you tell you who you don't hear in that clip is Will Arnett, who was also there, and he was like, really? Whoa. Yeah, he was there. Uh, wow. I think the Tony Hale was there yeah, too. He was there too. Yeah, yeah, I think they were just all sitting there like, no, <laughs> dude, no. So that was that was really fucking bad, and. Uh, yeah, bad job, Jason Bateman. Speaking of uh, dumb, problematic shit, uh, Lean Cuisine <laughs> bought. Uh, they did a sponsored tweet. The hashtag, uh, hashtag it, it all. all, it all. So weird. Yeah, I know. And they asked women what their definition of having it all was. A kind of reminded me of Girls Trip because remember she has the book or the TV show about having it oh, all. Yeah, how to have it all? Yeah, how to, get, how how to have it all? Yeah, that's just a. No, no one fucking has it all. First of all, I don't want it all. I don't even want what I have right now. Don't give me more. Yes. (laughs) Um, But so they put it out there. They asked women, uh, what's your definition of having it all? And the response was, shut the fuck up, lean cuisine. You you guys are assholes to women. Kind of. Like they built an empire on a pretty dated ideal, which is, and ladies, 
We do this many. Like it reminded me of like the Weight Watchers scenes in Mad Men. I know you haven't seen it, but they go there and they they get on the scale and they clap for each other and they measure out rice into a small little cup and everything like that kind of problematic uh, sort of not necessarily fat shaming, but being like you you need to be hyper aware of what you're putting in your body and it needs to be this thing with a million grams of sodium. That is made of fucking death, but it's small, so healthy. Listen, I don't want my uh, my frozen dinners like being being all up in my business. You know what I want for my frozen dinners? I want to fuck them. Yes, uh, you want we some only syrup that does not go in the microwave. <laughs> yes, we we only address one brand of frozen dinners on this podcast, and that is devour, and it is the food you want to fuck. Here are some of the hashtags: having hashtag it all means not having diet food directly targeted at me because I'm a woman. What year is it again? Another one: lean cuisine marketing diet food to women only in 2018 will get you destroyed on Twitter, especially with the hashtag of having it all. This isn't empowering; it's demeaning and insulting. Go back. Back to your marketing team and try again. I don't know why I chose it's, that one. That one was actually just straightforward and yeah. smart stuff. I, I thought that I, I tried to copy and paste a bunch of funny ones. That wasn't very funny, but just good burn. Uh, so is the, one. is the uh, the link was is the having it all like a reference and like hey, here's some good food, but also you're not going to be fat. I don't know, but just the fact that lean cuisine is trying to. <laughs> be uppity about anything having it all means i'm smart enough to not eat that box of frozen sodium you're trying to pass <laughs> off as being a healthy meal uh have you ever had lean cuisine uh yeah definitely uh, not in not in a while but yeah i think i've had have you, you know oh, what's good to. those fucking uh the sandwich Devours? things no no oh, okay <laughs> you know the sandwich things that like you microwave them and then you fold them over and then it makes a sandwich have you had those things uh so a uh, flatbread sandwich basically Nah, it's like it's on like a thick kind of not necessarily French bread, but it's oh no, I don't think I've thick. had that. It's good, and it's actually uh, Skyler eats them in uh, Breaking Bad, Ooh. and while she's pregnant, wow. and Walter's like, I thought that uh, we weren't going to eat those because they have too much sodium, and she was like, motherfucker, I've been smoking cigarettes <laughs> with this baby, so I've been smoking cigarettes and fucking Ted, so yeah, exactly. leave me alone. Go fucking, you're selling meth. Yeah, go sell your fucking <laughs> drugs, you psycho. Um, yeah, no, I I used to be a big frozen dinner guy, like when I was in guy when I was in like middle school. I used to crush frozen. dinners. Frozen dinners are great. They were done. Yeah, this has ended up becoming we've. Uh, done a complete 180 being like guess what those assholes over lean cuisine did and we're like you know what's awesome today's episode is brought to you by lean cuisine Lean cuisine uh you said that we have a review we do have a review uh it is a good review and it is from j g or j a y g with periods all in between them and the title the title is wow what a great podcast such a stellar podcast with two charming hosts. There's only one thing that really bothers me about it. Oh, shit. Drum roll. Uh, it's never enough. <laughs> I, I want more all the time. I need more brunch. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, nice podcast. Where's the rest of it? Pretty good. Well, I guess no better time than now to announce uh, brunch is going to five days a week. <laughs> oh, God. I'm breaking out in hives right now. Yeah, it's not. It is it is going to two days a week. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Pretty good. Pretty, let's not get too, uh, let's not get greedy here. Um, last uh, thing while we're doing some housekeeping, uh, the next episode will drop on Tuesday, yep. right? Is yep. that what we're going to do? Yep. Yeah. And uh, maybe have a guest. 
probably have a guest. We have a guest who uh, who's accepted the invite, uh, but that's that's happened a lot with us yeah, before. Yeah, TBD, because it has accepted the invite. We have a time slotted out, but... Oftentimes, it doesn't work out. Like, how many times has Danny McBride accepted the invite? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 300 zero. times, and he's never been on the podcast. Um, also, we have new merch in the store on www.listentobrunch.com. Yeah, we weren't as uh, – we couldn't sell it as hard when we were talking to Lamorne because the series was 2-2 two two now. But now that it's over and it's 3-2, to two, get that uh, only 19 shirt. Wear it proudly during the finals. It's only $19 plus 5.99 plus, plus shipping. shipping.